Great to have you here today. My name's Toby. I'm the vicar here. If I haven't met you, uh, it's wonderful to have you here. A particularly warm welcome if you're visiting or a guest of someone here for the first time. It's great to have you here. So we've been uh, looking at a sermon series in uh, Joshua, as Hattie rightly said earlier. And we're going we're gonna to look at a passage in Joshua 4. So if you want to grab a Bible or look at it on your phone, you're very welcome to do so. Joshua 4, we're going to kick off at uh, verse uh, 15. Uh, so if you want to find that, you're very welcome. But let me just give you a little brief recap um, of what we're doing. Uh, we're looking at the, the, so the, the people of God were given this promise by God that they would become a nation, not just a family, um, Abraham's family, but a nation. They would have their own land, the promised land. Moses was the guy who was called to lead them. He led them out of Egypt where they were in slavery for many years. They came into the wilderness with an intention to go into the promised land. Did you know that the distance between the, uh, Egypt where they left and the promised land of Canaan where they arrived was 11 days journey, 11 days, 12 if you're going slowly. They spent, do you know how long they spent in the wilderness? 40 years, 40 years. So uh, they didn't go very well, that journey. That's a, that's a summary. Um, so basically, they get into this, uh, and, and, and I'm going to unpack some of the reason why that was later on. But anyway, Joshua raises, uh, is raised up by um, God when Moses dies. Moses dies, hands it on to Joshua. Joshua's the next guy, and God says, right, now you lead my people into the promised land, finally. And Joshua is the guy who leads the people. And what happens is they have to cross a river, and in order to cross this river, this is the river Jordan, uh, they pray, and God says to Joshua, we're going to cross over this. He says, how are we going to do this? God says, look at this, and he parts the waters, and they all walk through uh, on dry land, a little bit like the Red Sea when they came out of Egypt. That's two rivers crossed in 40 years. It's quite impressive. So uh, God's quite good at at dividing waters and allowing people to cross over uh, these rivers. That's what he does with the Israelites, and that is the point we're at in the story. Before we launch into the story, I'd love you to turn to your neighbor and tell them one thing you're really thankful for. Okay, just turn to, just for a second, turn to your neighbor, one thing you're really thankful for. One thing. Okay, anyone, um, anyone want to shout out anything they're, fa- they're thankful for? Friends, thank you. Anything else? Church, very, thank you. Coffee, donuts, vegan donuts. Rain. Ooh, yeah, no, I like it. No, good. Okay, just a little bit, not too much. Okay, great. Um, What I want to speak to you today about is thankfulness. And this passage that we're going to look at is going to help us unpack what that's all about. So uh, we're going to look at Joshua chapter 4, and we're going to start at verse 15. It says this, Then the Lord said to Joshua, Command the priest carrying the ark of the testimony to come up out of the Jordan. So Joshua commanded the priest, Come up out of the Jordan. And the priest came up out of the river, carrying the ark of the covenant of the Lord. No sooner had they set their feet on the dry ground that the waters of the Jordan returned to their place and run, ran in flood as before. So all the people have come through the, the Jordan. The rivers have gone back to where they were before. 
On the tenth day of the first month, the people went up from the Jordan and camped at Gilgal on the eastern border of Jericho. And Joshua set up Gilgal at Gilgal the twelve stones that they had taken out of the Jordan. So Joshua had told the leaders of the twelve tribes each to gather a big stone, heavy enough to carry on your shoulder. They had to carry them on their shoulders, big stones to carry them through the Jordan. So this is what they're going to do with the stones. Uh, Verse 21, he said to the Israelites, in the future, when your descendants ask their parents, what do these stones mean? Tell them, Israel crossed the Jordan on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the Jordan before you until you had crossed over. The Lord your God did to the Jordan just what he had done to the Red Sea when he dried it up before us until we'd crossed over. He did this so that all the peoples of the earth might know that the hand of the Lord is powerful and so that you might always fear the Lord your God. It's a kind of strange kind of passage, isn't it? And it's quite hard to make sense of. But what's going on here is an expression of gratitude, of thankfulness from the people to God for what they had just witnessed they witnessed this miracle of a river, the Jordan River, big river, being parted. They could walk across into the promised land. This was a moment of thanksgiving. So what I want to talk to you about tonight is the importance of thanksgiving and the impact of thanksgiving. The importance of thanksgiving and the impact of thanksgiving. And then I want to unpack when we should give thanks. Okay, so let's get into the importance of thanksgiving. What happens here is Joshua plants these stones down, these enormous stones, as a memorial, as a way to remember what God has done, so that everyone could gather around and say, do you remember a few weeks ago, do you remember when God parted the, the, uh, the Jordan? And they would go, yeah, I remember that. Isn't God good? Thank you, God. A few months later, they go back to the stones. Hey, let's remember what God did. He parted the River Jordan. Oh, thank you, God, for helping us and rescuing us, taking us into the promised land. Like when they're getting really old, their kids come to them and say, what are these stones about here? Oh, yeah, let me tell you about this. What happened was God parted the river so that we could cross into the promised land in which we now live. They die. Their kids carry that on. They say to their kids, hey, guys, do you know what these stones are about? This is when God parted the River Jordan. We want to give thanks to God. It was a memorial and an important moment for them to say, we're going to give thanks to God. Not just now, but for generations and generations. Here we are, three and a half thousand years later, and we're still able to give thanks to God for what he did in that moment. It's so important that we give thanks for the good stuff. It's important. The Bible uh, mentions thanksgiving, uh, uh, sorry, thankfulness 116 times. So it's obviously quite important to God. But interestingly, out of those, 73 times it talks about giving thanks. So in other words, it's important to be thankful, but it's also been important to express that gratitude to someone, to God, to give him thanks. So, thankfulness, the importance of thank thankfulness, really important here, really important throughout Scripture. Secondly, the impacts of thanksgiving. 
We might say, well, why is God so bothered about thanksgiving? Is that a bit self-centered of him to want to you know, be thanked the whole time for the stuff he's done? Well, interestingly, it's not just about God, although it is. It's also about the effect it has on us. The impact of thanksgiving is huge. Let me just give you six impacts of gratitude. Gratitude improves your physical health. There's been so many studies done that have shown that people who are grateful and thankful often live healthier lives and live longer. So even if you disregard what God might want to say about it, it's good for you. Gratitude also improves your sense of well-being. What they've studied as well is people who are grateful, more often than not, are happier. Have you ever noticed that? And often you say, oh, they're grateful because they're happy people. No, 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 the other way around. They've become happy people because they are grateful. That's the way around that it works. Uh, And uh, gratitude, number three, helps you sleep better. They've done lots of studies on this. Gratitude helps you sleep better. Gratitude, number four, reduces stress, anxiety, and worry. Grateful people eliminate some of the worry and stress in their lives by being grateful. Number five, gratitude improves your relationships. I don't know if you've noticed this, but again, studies have been done of couples in relationships, and it so often uh, corresponds that those who are grateful more often to their partner and say thank you for stuff, and they're grateful and they think about the good stuff in their marriage or their relationship, the more often those marriages and, and relationships are healthy and survive over the long term. Gratitude improves relationships. And number six, gratitude opens the door to new opportunities. If you're grateful to someone who you've never met before, it's great, isn't it? I love it when people are grateful to me. I really love when people say thank you. It means the world to me. But actually, it opens doors for connection with other people. So gratitude is really good for us. The impact of gratitude on our own health, mental health, is enormous. And that's why giving thanks is so important. We've got a five-year-old and a two-year-old, and we have tried our best to train them to say the words, thank you. They seem very resistant to that idea. Our five-year-old is very bad at saying thank you. So he'll often, we'll give him something and he'll just wander away with it. So I often have to grab it back and say, no, you can't have it unless you said thank you. I wish it wasn't that way. I wish it was a bit more natural. Our two-year-old is a much better child than our five-year-old. She's only just started speaking, and she's already saying, dang do daddy. She can't really say it properly, but she says, dang do daddy, quite often. And you know what? When she says thank you without being prompted, oh, it melts my heart. I want to do anything for her. You know what? When you receive a thank you from someone, it's hugely powerful, isn't it? So not only is it great for you, but it's actually great for other people. Gratitude has an impact on our lives and those around us. So, the importance of gratitude and thankfulness, the impact. But then you might be going, okay, well, when? We talked about why. Okay, why? I should do it. When should I give thanks? Here is 1 Thessalonians 5, verses 16 to 18. This is St. Paul writing to the church in Thessalonica. He says, Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. 
Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. In other words, give thanks all the time. In every circumstance that you're in. And it's interesting, it's followed up by this line that says, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. I wonder if that's a question for you. What is God's will for my life? I didn't even ask that question. What is God's will for my life? What does he want for my life? What am I supposed to do with my job, my relationships? These are all great questions to be asking. They're the kind of specific guidance questions that we all ask. Maybe you're thinking, should I do the LDY? Is that for me? Maybe that's one of the questions that you're asking. These questions are great. But this is an interesting one. It was all about the will of God for your life. And it's nothing to do with your specific circumstances. It's to do with the type of person that you are. It says here, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. So you may not have the answer to the specifics, but here's a good one to start with. Be thankful. It'll help you in your maturity, in your growth, becoming more like Jesus by being thankful. So anyway, all circumstances, uh, in all circumstances. Now, what does that include, all circumstances? It includes all circumstances. It includes the good times, for starters. So, when things are going well, it's good to give thanks. I don't know what's going well in your life. I asked you to sort of say, what's a good thing that's going on at the moment? What are you giving thanks for? It's great to give thanks for those things. When the sun's shining... Give thanks. Relationships are good. You're enjoying your job. The money's coming in. You're healthy and rested. Your team's won the treble. Whatever it is. Any Man City fans? No. Okay. I'm not going to say few, but anyway. Um, uh, It's not important. Anyway. uh, Easy. It's easy to give thanks, though, isn't it, when everything's going well? You might say, that's super easy, isn't it? Of course. If God has provided the most amazing route into the promised land by parting a sea, of course you're going to give thanks. But that's never happened to me. You might be thinking, I've never had a miraculous thing. But actually, all these little things, the more we give thanks for them, the more that begins to grow. It's kind of like what you water grows. The more you give thanks, the more you become a thankful person. But you know what? We say it's easy when things are going well, but it's not always easy to give thanks, I, I find. Like, in fact, if things are going well, I kind of forget sometimes to give thanks. Like, I'm, I'm ha- having a great time. I'm, I'm happy. Why would I need to turn anything into prayer? Sometimes prayer is easier when things are hard. Uh, actually, there's a story told of the 10 uh, people who are afflicted with leprosy who come to Jesus. They have this debilitating illness. It's, it's been with them for life. Not only is it debilitating, but it's socially uh, uh, separating. They can't be with others. They're social pariahs. What a terrible condition to have. And then Jesus heals all 10 of them. Can you imagine the life change that that provided for each of those 10 people? What we're told is nine of them went off. Only one came back and said, thank you. Because I think that's what happens, isn't it? We're having a great time. I'm moving on. I'm having a great time. We forget to give thanks. But that one person is honored by Jesus for coming back to say thank you. So Joshua makes this point. He says, don't forget to give thanks for the good stuff. 
He's delivered us from this one. And this is why it's important, because the more you write down and remember the good stuff that God has done, the more you can go back to things when it's hard. You can say, actually, I remember. Things are hard now, but I remember when God did this. I remember when he answered that prayer. I can see how that was an impossible situation. He answered my prayer. I didn't know where I was going to go, and God provided that job. I'm going to trust him now because I trusted him in the past, and he came through for me. And that's a really important discipline to get into. So I don't know what that means for you. Maybe it's writing stuff down. Maybe it's notes in your phone. But make sure you remember the times of answered prayer. Give thanks to the Lord in good times. In all circumstances. When should we give thanks to the Lord? Yes, in the good times. But also in the tough times. And that's much harder, I think to give thanks when times are tough. I wonder if you can think of something you prayed for and God answered your prayer and now it is the cause of pain, regret and frustration. Have you had any of those? Have you ever, I don't know, prayed for a relationship? You're like, I definitely want this relationship. Come on, God. And you're in the relationship and it's quite difficult. And you're not, it's not easy. You're frustrated. I don't know, maybe someone's in that situation. Uh, praying for a child. And then you think, oh my goodness, they're exhausting. What was I doing? What was I thinking? I don't know. You, uh, you're, you've got the job that you're in, that you're finding so demanding and pressurizing. It was the very job you prayed for the promotion for. Do you ever have those situations? This is what the Israelites are in this situation. This is what led them to this point. They prayed that they would get out of Egypt. They prayed for the end of slavery. They prayed for a leader who would be raised up, and then they find themselves in the wilderness. In fact, if you have a little look at the story, it's very interesting. Uh, if you turn to Numbers uh, chapter 14, have a little look at this. They've been delivered from all of their things they've prayed for. So here we go. Numbers 14, 1 to 9. That night, all the members of the community raised their voices and wept aloud. All the Israelites grumbled against Moses and Aaron and the whole assembly and said to them, if only we had died in Egypt or in this wilderness. Why is the Lord bringing us into this land? Only to let us fall by the sword. Our wives and children will be taken as plunder. Wouldn't it be better to go back to Egypt? They said to each other, we should choose a leader and go back to Egypt. Then Moses, who was their leader, and Aaron fell down, face down in front of the whole Israelite assembly gathered there. Joshua, here's Joshua, son of Nun, and Caleb, son of Jephunneh, uh, who were among those who had explored the land, tore their clothes and said to the entire Israelite assembly, the land we passed through and explored is exceedingly good, the promised land. If the Lord is pleased with us, he will lead us into that land a land flowing with milk and honey. He will give it to us. What's happened is the Israelites, they don't so much like being out of slavery because this seems worse than where they were before. I don't know if you've been in that situation. You pray to get out of something and you've gone into something. You're like, this is worse than where I was before. This is even harder. But the problem is that they've become absolutely addicted to complaining, grumbling, that all they're doing is complaining. 
And it's easy to fall into that trap. When you're in a hard time, let me, let me, I'm going through a hard time at the moment. My wife is not very well. She hasn't been well for a while. It's really hard. It's really hard not to complain. When you're having a bad time, of course you want to complain. Of course you want to say, this is not fair. Why me? Why is this going on in my life? What, you know, what have I done to say that? All these sort of questions come probably, maybe in the, in, the, in the nighttime when you're worrying about things. Why, why is this going on? And it's easy to complain. It's easy to complain to other people. And actually part of that is natural and good, you know, to be honest about your situation. I'm not saying don't be honest about your situation. In fact, honesty is really important. You need to have friends. If you're going through a hard time at the moment, find some great trusted friends to tell them what's going on and for them to pray for you. Really important. No stiff upper lip. Don't pretend you're okay when you're not. Uh, I've had to learn this over a long period of time. It doesn't serve any purpose. Be honest with people you can trust. However, there is a tipping point when it becomes damaging for yourself to keep on repeating the same negative complaints over and over again. Because you know what? That becomes your mindset. It's, it, the, the, neuro, uh, neurologists talk about um, neural pathways. It's like the stuff, in, the stuff you prioritize, the things that you think about over and over again become embedded in your psyche and the way that you think. It's actual parts of the brain that are wired to go in that direction. It's a bit like a forest. Someone explained this to me. A neurologist explained this. It's a bit like a forest. You chop down a pathway and you can walk at it and it becomes easier and easier. And the more you walk down that pathway, it becomes easy. So what you do, what the Israelites have fallen into the trap of doing is they've just become negative, complaining all the time. And they're just stuck in this mindset of negativity, of complaining. And we all fall into that trap. It's quite hard to start a new pathway. But it is possible. It is possible. And that's the exciting thing, is that God can rewire our minds and our brains and our purposes through the power of thanksgiving to start thinking in a different way. If you meditate on scripture, if you understand God's purposes, if you pray and ask others, you can change the way you think. And this is what's hard for the Israelites, but it's not impossible. Here is Joshua. Here's a good example. Joshua has not given in to the negative cycle of complaints, the mindset of uh, moodiness. He's decided to go and say, no, I am not going to go down that way. I believe and trust that the Lord has good things for us. The place I've seen is good. God can do it. He can get us there. It's a position of faith and trust that God could do it, even if they can't. So, I'd love to encourage you. Allow God to rewire your mind. Allow God to prioritize the good stuff, to give you hope again through the power of thanksgiving. Um, I'm really humbled by some of the people that I've met who've gone through really hard things. Uh, I can think of members of this congregation who've been through really hard things and much harder than, you know, situations that I've been in before. And what, I'm admi- what I admire is both their honesty to say this is really hard and their determination not to lose hope. To say, I believe that God has got something around the corner that's better than where I am at the moment. I'm not going to give up trusting. Uh, there's there's um, a lady called Joyce Meyer who you may have come across um, she's a Christian speaker. She has an amazing testimony 
of her life. She was she had the most horrendous upbringing. I won't go into the details, but it is. I mean, you, her testimony is online. But she had the most horrendous first 18 years of her life. She suffered abuse of all sorts. And uh, she became a Christian after she left home. And her faith came alive. And what she describes is God having to rewire a pattern of belief about herself and her circumstances that had been embedded for the last 18 years. But what she says, she describes, is as she's focused on thankfulness, her life has begun to change. She's begun to see herself in the way that God sees her. She's begun to see the world in the way that God sees the world. She's begun to see hope where before only she would see despair. She's begun to see uh, possibility where there was impossibility. She's begun to stop thinking about other people as the problem and looking inside to be able to change the way that she sees things. She hasn't got control over other people. None of us have but we have control over our own minds and destinies through the power of thanksgiving. She's just written a great book. I'd recommend it if you're interested in this subject. It's called The Power of Thank You. The Power of Thank You. The Power of Gratitude to Change Your Mind. So can I encourage you how this plays out? When, if you're going through a tough situation, I really sympathize. I'm in one myself. But can I encourage you just to make a little tweak? When you feel yourself beginning to go down the negative pattern, say, I'm going to choose to thank God for maybe there's just one thing in your life that you can think of today that's good, or half a thing. (laughs) And just say, Lord, I thank you for that. I'm holding on to that one. And can I encourage you, if you're listening to others who are telling their story of what's going on in their lives and they're having a hard time, please care and listen for what's going on. But if they get into a cycle of complaint and just say, I really, I really, really sympathize, but God, but God, but God, but God has got better things for you. I got a couple of messages this week from people who said exactly that. I really feel for you, but God has got a better plan. So... Can you see how this passage ends? They, they put the markers down. All the people say, what are we doing this for? Joshua says, look, we're making a marker to give thanks to the Lord for everything that is good, what we've just seen. And they will come back to that many times in tough times to come and say, yep, God did that thing. I'm going to hold on to that. And then he finishes by saying, this is the reason. He says, he did this. God did this so that all the peoples of the earth might know that the hand of the Lord is powerful. In other words, gratitude can change you, yes. Gratitude is great for God. Gratitude can change one person who you talk to, who you are thankful to, but it also can change a whole society. Gratitude has the impact on a whole society of changing the way they see things. And we have the opportunity to say, I haven't got the answers, but God does. I've been through this, but God helped me in this way. It's a way that we can testify to the goodness of God to those around us. I begrudgingly watched the, um, the, uh, the victory for um, Man City last night. And uh, they, they, <laughs> they interviewed Rodrigo, uh, Roger, who's like star player, scored a goal. But interestingly, the first thing he said on camera, he said uh, in a Spanish accent, which I won't replicate, I... <laughs> I want to give thanks to God. And that's, that's a bold move. The first thing that you say, I want to give thanks to God. I thought, wow, credit to him. You know how many people saw that? Many people will dismiss that. 
But isn't that a marker of saying, I, this is, this is not just me. Everything that I've done here is thanks to God. We have the opportunity to say the same to those around us. And we have the opportunity through our thanksgiving to change the world. Shall we pray? And invite the band to come up. Lord Jesus, we thank you for all that is good. We thank you for the things that we mentioned that are good in our lives at the moment, that we're grateful for, for donuts and coffee and vegan donuts and friends and church and everything else. And Lord, we pray that you would help us to linger on that stuff, to give you thanks for everything, every day, in all circumstances, for your amazing blessings to us. Lord, we thank you for friends, for family, for sunshine, for opportunity, for new possibilities. We thank you uh, for food, for our breath, that we are alive. Thank you that we live in this safe country. Thank you for all that is good. We give you thanks. And every blessing you pour out, we turn back into praise. We thank you for that. And at the same time, Lord, we thank you that you understand where we're at. We, th- we thank you that you know our battles, the difficulties that we're in. And Lord, we want to ask for your help by your spirit. Help us to fix our eyes on you, to receive from you all that is good, to thank you for the bits that are good. And we pray, Lord, particularly that you would help us to rewire our brains towards thankfulness, rewire our attitudes towards gratitude. We pray, Lord, that you would change our mindsets and that we would be a people of thanksgiving. And as as we do that, Lord, would you have an impact on those around us? Would you help others to see that you are the hope for the world?